The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Well, that was good. Uh, that's it. I guess we're beyond. Done. Beyond. Beyond. Right. Beyond. 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 Yeah. yeah. You had it. All right. Thank yeah, you, everybody. Slam dunk. You're a couple oh. linger dun, boys. Dun, dun, you dun, yelled dun, at us dun, for dun. being sports boys a little second ago, and then all of a sudden you brought up that basketball a little conversation. It's a big day what? for sports. Yeah. What? What's hey. going on in the world of sports? I have no idea. <laughs> what happened to your? What was special about your pretzels? You read something about your pretzels. I already forgot. Oh, they're, what it was. Uh, they're rolled gold. Oh, it's a twist on a classic not... snack. Add some hummus to your rolled gold tiny twist pretzel breaks. Oh, I thought it said it like had hummus. Welcome to Pretzcast Beyond. <laughs> All, All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode four hundred and sixty-five. My name is Max Scoville. I'm joined by Marty Sleva, Brian Altano, Pretzels, and Andrew Goldfarb. Uh, people got mad at me because my laptop was too close to the edge last time. So now I have it even closer <laughs> to the edge. <laughs> Why are you dangerous bad boy? Yeah, it's called IG edging. Bad boy. It's called edging, and you won't believe what kids okay. are doing with it. All right. Yeah, so... Uh, What's going is, on uh, in the world of Pret Station? Oh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the Pret Station 4? Things the are all uh, twisted up. The salty and Pret Station. are salty. <laughs> All right, well, uh, this, this is not going to be our ham thing. You're yeah. already clicking the uh, X. I'm actually going to put, put that, yeah, put that okay, on the good, trash. Please, thank you. Thank you. you. But we do have nice warm cups of gotta... Joe, thanks to Brian Alton. All right, don't say cups of Joe. You sound like the Phil and Lil's mom from Rugrats. Um, anyway, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, we got the trailer like right after. Did we talk about that last week? I can't even remember no. what day it is. Uh, was, we we talked about the tease. We didn't talk about the trailer. Right, so we got the trailer, and it was pretty much still a tease. It was 30 seconds of beautiful, like gorgeous landscapes. Um, we pretty much know the same amount we did last time this week, or well, whatever sentence is yeah, words. So yeah, so I think one of the big takeaways, also that day was just crazy, because it was like, six in the morning was Logan, seven in the morning was this, and then eight in the morning was the Switch, yep. or whatever way it is. Oh, 10 a.m. they did uh, announce Shark Tale 2 from <laughs> yep. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, At 3.30 they yeah. announced NPD earnings. That's true. Um, but no, I think my big takeaway from the trailer was that uh, if it's anything, if it's... Uh, the. Previous Rockstar trailers are indicative of this. Uh, everything's in-engine. Yes. And so if this is what this game looks like in the wild, like, this game is gorgeous. Like, holy crap, this game is beautiful. Yeah, it, they his, sort of historically have just shown what the game looks like at the time, and that means it could even and will even get better looking yeah, over between now and then. Uh, but yeah, people were kind of um, a little, not I, I wouldn't say upset, but just kind of disappointed in the fact that it was short. It didn't really show off a lot of characters. Um I think they're going the sort of movie route uh, where you see a trailer that's sort of like a tone piece. It sets the mood. It shows you the setting. It shows you sort of just 
just sort of what the realm of this universe will be like. And then later down the line, you'll get a story trailer. I sure, mean, same yeah. thing happened. Look at every Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, you can look at the first, the GTA Five kind of. I, they put out what three, four trailers for that. Yep. If mm-hmm. that, there was the first one, which was like the Why did I move here? I don't know. And everyone's like. Is that uh? Is that what's his face? Is that Ray Liotta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta, yeah. Everyone like was making all these crazy theories, and there was like oh, yeah. there was a lot more to work on there because there was a lot more kind of you know stuff to pick out. We're like, uh-huh. oh, there's dogs, there's all this stuff. Like Red Dead didn't really reveal a lot of stuff. We didn't really get any characters. There's no close-ups of people really. There's kind of a bunch of people milling around, but like they all just kind of look like random Western folk. Yeah, and it's um, it's definitely less than that GTA thing, but I feel like that is a really good comparison because I feel like that at least set up the world. And we didn't meet Trevor. We didn't meet like we didn't know the cast yet when we saw that first trailer. Sure, I feel like that. Like that I mean, world requires more establishment than this also, does. Yeah. Also, like in a in a in the universe we live in, in in the world of video games, where an announcement is usually a logo or a teaser countdown to a logo, sure. or like a logo that fades away, or a logo with another logo underneath it, or a logo that Sega made up for a system that's not called that anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. Uh, their their whole countdown was fantastic. The way they teased it was just by changing colors uh, of their their own logos, and then actually showing some sort of key art for, or you know, some some basically what could end up being the box out or became basically the promotional poster mm-hmm. to revealing a, a minute and a half, two minute long teaser trailer type thing. I think it's more than most people uh, would have even guessed for something like this. I thought they were just going to be like the third day would be here's another JPEG, the third of our triptych, uh, and here's a release date, and that's mm-hmm. it. And we got guys, release date, we got logo, we got platforms. Did you think it would be – I didn't think it would be as far as what OA as it was. No, like, didn't, we, didn't we track it that it was like exactly four years since the GTA Five trailer dropped or something? Uh, yeah, it was, to the, right. it was to the week. I believe it was five years. Yeah. Wow. Five well, you're saying – did you think it would be that far away? I mean I didn't think it was going to be this fall obviously because it would be pretty ballsy to announce in the middle of October to yeah, say like, it's out in three weeks. Like no one can do that. But I did think it was going to be summer. Yep. I didn't think it was going to be a full year away. I mean if it is. It might even be further. Yeah, it might even be further. I like that it's fall because it made everybody uh, run for the hills. Like I, every yeah. other game has to has to dodge this thing now. Mm-hmm. Like even Call of Duty is the yeah. kind of game where Call of Duty's got to be like, hey, uh, usually this is our month, but damn it. Yeah. What was it, was it Alan Wake that came out on the same day as the original Red Dead Redemption? Oh yeah, and it just died. I mean it was like Fallout coming out when on Tomb, Raider. Tomb Raider did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I thought the. I don't know. I thought the trailer was really cool. Like, that looks like a world I want to be in. It looks yeah. super dense, yeah. so, like, full of life. I kind of want to touch on this. Like, I think it's awesome to reveal an open world game by showing us the world. Mm-hmm. I think that it's almost disingenuous to be like, here's stuff you're going to do. Here's stuff you can do. Because it almost it sets it up to be like, oh, it's like those old um, those old toy commercials where there'd be kids in the backyard and playing G.I. Joe stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, and then you shoot this at the logs and the logs fall over. And it's like, but that doesn't actually really, like, that doesn't. It's not really any freedom. That's kind of like someone being like, here's an exact thing you can try to replicate, mm-hmm. but this yeah. is more like, hey, here's – it's almost like an unboxing of the world. Like it's kind of like here's all the bits and pieces. So this is also the third Red Dead game, the 15th Rockstar Sandbox game. Uh, you're going to be shooting stuff. Yep. And interacting with people, you'll be able to hit people. You'll be able to get in whatever vehicles they deem appropriate for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you'll know you'll get you'll get to hunt and all those yeah. things. In it, like if you played a Red Dead game before, you saw that trailer and you said, "I'm going to get to kill everything in this trailer," mm-hmm. or "I'm going to get to run across that hill on a horse." You know, like you you put it together. So I don't think I needed to explicitly yeah, see. But- 
actions of, sure. of everything. But I know? also I just think that like the selling point of an open world game, it's it's kind of stupid that we are like 15 years deep into this kind of modern open world sandbox yeah. genre, and we're still getting trailers that are like, here's the guy you're gonna get. It's like, yeah, but I'm also gonna do weird side missions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Watch Dogs just dropped the trailer for like. And Watch Dogs too. Like I've been okay with the marketing of it so far. Like I think it's been pretty mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. The last one was 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 uh, horse apples. Yeah. Um. In the parlance of our times, but uh, they just dropped one that was like Welcome to San Francisco, and it was like kind of showing bits and pieces of the area, and it wasn't so much like Oh, here's the bad guy you're going after. And here's I like who that you a are. lot. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's it's so much more exciting to go in. Not really knowing what you're getting into, you know? Well, I think in that case, we've seen so much of the bad guy already in Watch Dogs. In fact, like, it's sort of interesting with Watch Dogs in a comparison to see how much of the uh, antagonists we've seen uh, interacting with the protagonist already. Mm -hmm. Like, they've they've had – this is not like a – like a, you know, main boss of a game that you see at the very end of the world type of situation. Like – the main character in Watch Dogs 2 is seen interacting with the with the main villain in Watch Dogs 2 numerous times in those trailers. So to get a piece that's more like in line of like here's San Francisco mm-hmm. as a city and a mm-hmm. character, I really appreciated that. I think well, it's I really cool. I have no idea who the bad guy is in Watch Dogs 2. Well, I guess you I haven't read watched. He's like a, no, I mean I've I've watched a ton of Watch Dogs. Who footage, watches the Watch Dogs just... trailers? Not you, apparently. He's like an evil uh, Zuckerberg, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they also yeah. just announced that there's. Uh, essentially a Martin Screlly character. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this is kind of like a Voss situation where, like, yeah. it's sort of here's the character they're, they're pushing is the bad guy, but yeah. there's something else going yeah. on there. Um, anyway, back to Red Dead. Jared wrote a really cool piece on the sort of, like, just Western. He was like, oh, the biggest character reveal of Red Dead Redemption 2, and, of course, pissed everyone off because the big character is the Wild West. Like, it is the setting. And I told not, him to massage that headline. He's not wrong. Was, I like the also, headline. I let of it course fly. You knew you, Where you, were you in the comment section? They needed you. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it was pretty. People people kind of tore him apart in there, yeah. but it was like uh, I thought it was a really great little piece. He was doing side by side shots of, of like bits from the trailer with like famous scenes from like John Ford films. Yeah, that shot of the searchers where John Wayne's leaving the house and you see the silhouette. That shot's almost taken verbatim in. Uh, yeah. the well, trailer. I don't I don't know if he tucked this into his piece, but I told him about uh, a couple years ago when Nintendo launched uh, Wii Sports Resort. They uh, announced that Woohoo Island was their newest character yeah. in like the Nintendo universe and everybody was like how is an island a character and they're like well he ended up I mean he or she ended up in uh, Pilot Wings ended up in Smash Brothers like they revisited yeah. the setting a lot but it's weird because you won't you don't think of a setting as a character but that was the first time I've ever heard like a video game manufacturer be like our setting is a character so when Jared said that it immediately resonated with me because yeah. I was like yes it is it mm-hmm. absolutely is in the same way Hyrule Field is a character yes. or Liberty City is a character yeah. you know like it is its own thing where if I showed you a face, you'd have the instant recognition of who that person was. Uh, and if I showed you Liberty City, you'd be like, I've spent time there, mm-hmm. too. I understand that. Yeah. 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 And I um, thought it was great. And those shots, like, it let me use my imagination to be like, I want to walk through this muddy town and watch a dog fight a bird. And, mm-hmm. and I want to ford a river and, and start a campfire. I really night. love that shot, by the way, because there is that idea that the Wild West is, I mean, the, the Wild West that we're seeing depicted in the most prominent version of it in pop culture right now is Westworld, which is clean and serene. And there are moments in the outskirts where things get horrific. But for the most part, uh, these are like, Nice affluent towns yeah, with swinging land. saloon yeah. doors and prostitutes who are dressed to the nines. It's also it's also very character centric. Yeah. It's not doing those big, huge, sweeping shots of plains and prairies and yep. canyons and all that. There's yeah. a few here and there, but it's like uh, there is such a kind of a weird. I mean, there's a there's a DNA to, to Western fiction mm-hmm. that goes back to before it was even fiction, back when it was just kind of present tense. Um, I did a thing I put up on Twitter, just side by side shots of Albert Bierstadt paintings. He was this like late. 
1800s, early 1900s uh, painter who was part of the uh, American Luminism movement, which was basically like, it was kind of, it's kind of, in a weird way, it was like, it was when the westward expansion movement was happening and basically people were like, well, we're America, goddammit, we should take over the rest of America for ourselves. Everybody get a covered wagon and a banjo and a horse and a pony and get yourself out there and yeah. kill yourself in India and build a house. And it's like, maybe don't do that, but whatever. But people would go out there and they'd paint these beautiful landscapes and they'd take them back east and rich people would be like, ah, the canyons, I shall hang yeah. this up on my mantelpiece. And there was a whole like movement of this... Um, it was effectively one of the first, like, uh, m- kind of modern realizations of people who are specifically being, like, light painters in the, yeah. in the crappy way like Thomas Kincaid does when yeah, you're in a yeah. mall with your, with your parents around Christmas or something like that. But, uh, yeah, like, sort of showing off how lighting affected landscape. And there was just incredible I mean, at that. But it's also, so, yeah, it was this also this, the expanse of yeah. America was mm-hmm. kind of an unseen thing, like the plains and the and the the mountains and everything like people sort of seen that but you know up until that point like european landscape painting was much more kind of closely mm-hmm. closely pushed together and there were people around um so to come to this kind of almost like you know no pun intended blank canvas of a of a, of a landscape to to capture it um people were doing that and that's kind of i mean it's it's the visual part of manifest destiny it's i would like, have loved to get a hand of the a whole of those paintings back in the day when they're getting shipped over to europe to show people what the world looked like and just draw like 90 foot tall wolves every <laughs> yeah. <day>. oh yeah <laughs> they got a huge like clifford the big red wolf problem <laughs> it's real nuts that's, right. uh, that's gary the timber man he goes around and don't go to america you're gonna hate it if you hate tall wolves it's weird because i know very very little about this era like actually like historically yeah but i watch a ton of westerns like i know a lot about westerns and i was really happy that jared included um a shot from the searchers in his yeah. piece because the minute you see uh the guy in the horse like silhouetted against that backdrop like that super iconic shot of john wayne is like immediately yeah. the first thing well, I and it of. also evokes things like there will be blood and yep. and like the, the mm-hmm. oil rig scene yeah right, totally. specifically which yeah. i love just like that dark night shot of mm-hmm. oil rigs on fire, fire. was yeah. incredible well you know, even to your point earlier like even just the shot of the dog fighting the turkey or whatever like it's just so gross and gritty there's something about like that gray mud everywhere and how poor and infested that area looks um that really resonated with me more than i mean as much as i love like it's like when i think about ocarina of time like i said before hyrule field right it's that big expansive beautiful place you think about it reminds you of middle school or high school or whenever you played it um but then you also have to think about like the weird kind of like the parts in that game where things go dark and Mm -hmm. it's haunted and horrible and uh i think a setting like that i mean we're way ahead cart before the horse here no pun intended but for something like undead nightmares uh i want to see that getting Ooh. dropped right into that or like you're walking yeah. around oil rigs on fires and there's zombie john marston's running around yeah. like, but it's not even aside from that it's just like like realistically right like the way that i think like if you walk around new york city or liberty city in gta 4 like it's fairly polished you're yeah. not getting into like there are no homeless people there are no like you're not getting into like the grit of a city and i think in a western it's even more so where like red dead did a really good job establishing setting but like the actual grit like even just like the like realistically like yeah. people don't shower everyone's gross everything smells yeah, awful a, there's mud a, yeah. everywhere that's a really cool point like one thing that bugs me about like fantasy stuff is so often it is like it's all just it's just whimsical lore it's like mm-hmm. oh these filigreed tapestries of you know, petticoats <laughs> and whatnot and mm-hmm. you get all these fancy fancy stuff and then you know it should be disgusting. It should be like Game Ooh. of Thrones. It should be like the Hound fighting people over a piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah. And you and get you get all this post-apocalyptic yep. stuff, which is kind of what things should be like if they're if people don't have enough resources and you're you know you get Fallout and it's very kind of on the nose, like oh you're scrounging for stuff. But like the Wild West is a perfect example of like oh people have like crappy broken down houses because they're at the mercy of the elements. Yeah. And, 
disease and, you know. I mean, just I've never really thought about Rockstar as being able to master something that would invoke or evoke like the sort of horror element of things. But imagine like being in one of these miserable ass towns and it's night and you're hunting wolves and lightning's hitting and all of a sudden you're like, there's a problem here. Or yeah. you're, you're near those oil rigs yeah. and yeah. you're fighting a bear. Or, like, or look at like stuff like, uh, you know, Donner Party or Ravenous yeah. or The Revenant. Yeah. Like things where it's... it's. I got major Revenant vibes from oh, those, yeah. those wide uh, sweeping yeah. shots of the rivers. And so, it's like totally cool. I mean, I, I want to touch on this a bit, but like... Think you can sleep in there's... a horse? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I'd be, yeah, that'd be great. Nice hot dead horse. <laughs> I thought they were cool looking on the outside. Um, but no, like, uh, I think The Revenant's really an interesting Western because it's so... It's, it's like a survival horror western you know mm-hmm. like it's got the mm-hmm. kind of trappings of of well trappers but also like <laughs> you know it it's you're like oh that man's wearing a cowboy hat i understand the basics here i understand mm-hmm. the setting yeah. and i'm really excited to see if red dead kind of does a little bit more in like the less familiar western stuff because there are these things that are just total like cliche tropes like mm-hmm. you know when i when i say viking you think of a guy with horns on his hat except they didn't wear those yeah that's just one of those things that we get used to yeah so like there are these weird kind of tropes in like western culture like um, I was watching Westworld with uh, with Jen the other night, and she's like, "Is that a Chinese lady?" And I was like, "Yeah, there's like t- there were like tons of like, yeah. Asian built the railroad, people built, yeah. yeah." And she's like, "Oh yeah, you guess you never see them in like Western stuff." Yeah. And it's like that's a that's one of those weird kind of things where they just they just paint over it or forget about it or you know they're like yeah. let's, just, let's let's add more gunslingers and ponchos. I mean, the whole like Orient Express thing, yeah, stuff yeah. like the train robberies and stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not I'm not looking necessarily for like political correctness or historical accuracy. I just want a different perspective. I want something yeah. that's a little bit unfamiliar. Like yeah, and that's what I like about this. I mean, like I've, we've talked about this before, but in terms of open world games, uh, we we get a lot of them, but they all sort of fall into the same four or five different kind of buckets. Exactly. And I like where this is going, and I like Custer's the idea. Revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I, I like the idea of going to playing uh, playing a Rockstar game again that like doesn't have a radio and doesn't have you know cars in it and isn't in a bustling city. Like I think, like you were saying before about Liberty City and uh, you know Vice City and everything they've done after that, especially in GTA Five, you have these big sprawling landscapes, but you never truly feel lost in them because mm-hmm. there's always like a skyline in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. In the horizon, you turn over and all of a sudden it's downtown Los Angeles. But uh, just being deep in the woods or across some huge plane and being like, where am I? Yeah. Yeah, like, Lucy, this is going to be a huge game and the only way to get around it will be a horse. Lucy was just tweeting about that. She's playing Red Dead 1 right now. Or, I mean, Red Dead Redemption now and was tweeting about that, that like getting in the back of a horse and just running is like awesome. Yeah. In, in a way that like being in a car and driving through a city doesn't quite yeah, they, evoke the they same got it. That was like one of the first times a video game really was just like nailed it. And yep. you don't you don't get that in Assassin's Creed. I mean, there are Assassin's Creed games where you you ride on a horseback, right? But mm-hmm. it's like those are tunnels between towns. Yeah. The main hubs in those in those worlds are the bustling cities. That's where all the check marks are. Same thing with Zelda. Like you look at the, even the most open world Zelda games are funneling you from area to area. Look at even like something yeah. like Twilight Princess, which I played again this year. Um, think about these like big horseback games. Max and I did a comparison on Up at the Noon this week of just like looking at Zelda and Red Dead side by side. These are two games that are going to be launching within six, seven months of each other. And they're both bustling open world games about adventure, horseback riding, and hunting. I think and they're going to launch within about a month of each other. You think so? <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, that'll be a cool fall. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. really into yeah. that. So, um, yeah, I wanna, this is kind of an interesting thing. Like, Going back to the landscape painting thing, like there's this whole kind of approach in art school where you have to learn how to like paint the basics, you know. Yeah. And I feel like maybe this is Rockstar kind of pushing that further. Like they figured out how to make an open world. If you think about it, like Red Dead Redemption came out at a point where like 
really properly captured nature in video games hadn't been done right. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's always going to be games where you're running around in the woods and stuff, but it's like a video game level disguised as the woods. Like I remember like early versions of, or you know, um, like Snake Eater was kind of one of the first times yeah. where they're like, you're in the nature and it doesn't really make sense. It's not exactly linear. Mm-hmm. And then Red Dead was before Skyrim, which was yeah. one of the first ones to really try to tackle that. And like, I feel like Witcher 3 did an incredible job. Yeah, you had absolutely. Far Cry and stuff. But like, it's a very subtle like iteration on like on on the medium like they're they're pushing it being like oh like here are bushes that are a game mechanic mm-hmm. like you have yeah. to get in there and like it's kind of crazy to think in the last 5 years we've gotten these not really leaps and bounds but more like refinements of of well think about think about the way they approach cities right as living breathing entities mm-hmm. and the and the people that that connect them and 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 populate them Every inch of Grand Theft Auto V is is packed with insane details, like folds on people's T-shirts, guys putting out cigarettes. Uh, there's a middle finger button. There's all this stuff you can do. I don't know if you have to censor that when I put that up in here. I don't care. Right, Watch the video to see if they censored that no, or not. No time for that. <laughs> uh, so strip all that away and go, well, Rockstar is obviously – they want to make a game packed with details, but they don't have – broken windows anymore and they don't have horns honking and they don't have radios and out of cars yeah. where are they going to pack all that in they're going to put that in the way a blade of grass bends and the way like a firefly dances a, around that, a fire that like, sun hits a yeah, tree line yeah like they're going to pack that into lighting in yeah. the way that an, an animal breathes when it gets killed like yeah. there's so much here that we're going to be spending the next year sort of just like unpacking and, and I again, can't wait GTA for it. 5 is built the core tenants of GTA 5 are built on a 360 and a PS3 yep, yep. so whereas this is not this is yeah. free yeah, they throw shackles they were also built on Red Dead Redemption yeah exactly you know? yeah, I feel totally. like yeah. I mean, if we want to get an idea of what GTA 6 is going to be like, it's probably going to have – it's it's going to be rooted in Red Dead Redemption yeah, 2. Yeah, absolutely. exciting. Yeah. But it's also like – it's cool that we get to be like, oh, look at these trees. Look at yeah. this, these foxes and jackrabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the size of the world too. Like I, I assume someone's done this. I haven't really been paying much attention. But I would assume someone went back and found that leaked map, that supposed leaked map that had like New Bordeaux and all that mm-hmm. stuff on it and tried to see if we can get any – indication yet yeah. if there's anything yeah. Like, yeah. that ties in because yeah. like that world that map looked really big well, and it the, looked like there were like like distinct areas oh yeah cool. the theory the theory kicking around yeah. so far is that it's this sort of prequel sequel hybrid which tells mm-hmm. the story of John Marson before and after and you know maybe years after maybe uh-huh. months after so I'm okay with all that as long as it it makes sense in the world yeah well, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see at the end of I mean spoilers for Redemption I guess uh, or not a very light spoiler for Redemption. The end of it, you control someone else. Yeah, and I'm curious to see if you revisit that in in mm-hmm. this at all. Like, if it really is a, a prequel sequel hybrid, or if there's a framing huh. device, or, or if, if there's again, something. we don't know. Are those seven people the seven people you're controlling? Are they the seven people who are hunting you? Are the seven I, I people, people you're hunting? That. Like I that mean, seems insane. Like I didn't even like. I think three playable characters in GTA felt it was fine. I, I liked it, but I don't. I feel like. Like, I was happier just having one protagonist in, in the previous games. Like, I think this, yeah. the novelty of switching was cool at first, but, like, I, it wore off very quickly for me. I, I think, I think if, seven if, would be overwhelming. I think if the prequel-sequel hybrid was to th- be a thing that actually wove itself into the open world and made sense, that it wasn't, like, confusing. You had, like, literal time travel. Look at GTA Five. Look at the way that game single-player started, where it starts with this heist. Right, with all these characters are on it, something horrible happens. The yep. story begins, yep. and that is that is contained in a compartmentalized space that I don't even remember if I can identify where on the actual map that happens. It's not because it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's in like yeah. 
Jersey. Right? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be the East North Coast. Yankton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, an area it. they built to for for an, a, a, for a, basically a narrative platform to jump off into the open world. And you always have that in the back of your head, being like, these guys did some horrible <laughs> together, but here they are, and now here's the open world. So and I think that's one way to do it: is you, you well, designate an area and you go from there. It's yeah. very I it's mean, very un Rockstar, but could they do like what Battlefield One is doing right now? Like, could it be like you? Fulfill so much story, and maybe you can still drive around as them. But maybe everybody only—if it is—if there are seven characters, like maybe everyone has their own story. That'd be cool. Because yeah. I mean, we've had that kind of like freaks and strangers, and you know that that whole approach where it's like these—they're not side quests exactly; they're just characters who kind of resurface. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting if you're sort of switching between them, like yeah. you've got yeah. different roles. Um, but no, going back to the the, the, t- the passage of time—that's always been like a sticking point in in games in the same way that perspective has. And I feel like they nailed perspective with. GTA 5 like you're switching between three characters and they're doing things that all make sense to that character like they kind of they just they they chopped up player control to make it so they can do all the fun weird stuff they want to do but you know they yeah it makes sense so like maybe in this case I I do like the idea of it being a prequel sequel hybrid or just it takes place at different points in time like Mafia kind of touches on that Mm -hmm, you know like I don't know I, I feel like Maybe you know maybe they're going to do stuff with characters, or maybe they're moved on with that. Like they, you see that with Rockstar games where they introduce a mechanic and they frame stuff around it, like the um, the like investigation mechanics in oh, uh, oh, in L.A. Noir. Yeah, 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 like yeah. like they were testing some stuff out, and some of it they kept, like some of it yeah. they clearly didn't. You know? I, I feel like the um, the player sw- swapping control aspect of Grand Theft Auto V was specifically tuned for the sort of kind of three different ways people play those games. Yeah. 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 Trying to find a way to shoehorn them in. Like I'm a kinda I'm the kind of person that like always likes when Rockstar games have jetpacks and pogo yeah. sticks and they get crazy and over the yeah. top because I'm like it's a big dumb open world game let's have fun with it so that's why I appreciated Trevor being like oh this guy's insane like mm-hmm. he does the insane crazy stuff yeah so. and I like the Franklin like the slow-mo yeah. driving stuff yeah. because like I actually like like I'm awful at driving those games but yeah. I don't mind driving in those games well, I'm also the, like the, the ego and the super ego mm-hmm. yeah. yeah or it's the monkey see monkey you know the, the yep, yep, stupid yep. monkey there's even that shot of them yeah. the, the thing I want out of this game more than anything is like the like a lot of people hate Mexico in Red Dead Redemption um, kind of myself included but it at least feels so distinctly different yeah. than what came before it and i i like that i like the idea of like dramatic shifts in in setting I mean, or mood or time. Me too. so or in time and not in time in terms of like 20 years but in the way the last of us has four mm-hmm. seasons yes totally yeah. how like oh, i want to know what yeah. our colorado area is like in june and what yes. it's like in january 100 percent. like i sorry but persona like does a really good job of like taking place over a year and when you revisit locations they're covered in snow or they're not or things change or your yeah. outfit changes because it's winter or summer like i like that in games i like feeling yeah. the passage of time so yeah, I, we have I like totally we have what is it dynamic weather systems but they're never like they're they're never like seasons. They're yes. like, oh, it's snowing. No, it's yep. not. Never mind. Yeah. Well, because it's harder to do in an open yeah, world game. Yeah, sure. You know, but I mean, if you're shifting in terms of like big, huge, like The Last of Us is a highly scripted game. Sure, uh, Persona is as well. Yeah, I and mean, you move seasons when you hit a checkpoint. You'll see seasons in Red Dead Online for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's you. We will be talking about Red Dead Redemption or Red Dead Two Online in 2020. Mm-hmm. Whoever is hosting the show, if it's all still us, in where is it? 2016. Yeah, okay. it's out 2017. In 2020, we will be yeah. on IGN.com updating new things that got added to that yeah, game. That's, that's they true. will be probably completely ridiculous. By then, they'll have motorcycles and, like, you know, uh, steam- penny farthing bicycles, yeah. <laughs> steampunk horses, and <laughs> like sticks. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, there's a thing. There's a big thing. So, speaking of games that actually came out this year, are coming out this year, Titanfall 2 is uh, out next week, yeah. is it? Um, we've got our review in progress is up. A bunch of other reviews are up. Uh, 
EA is two for two with shooters this year. Uh, people are really liking it. We don't have a score on ours yet, but uh, Brandon Tyrell wrote up a thing about the single player, and yeah. he said lots of nice stuff about it. Really, I feel really like likes they're it. putting this game out to die, though. I, it just like coming out between so Battlefield, Battlefield and, Titanfall. Yeah. and uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, like Battlefield and Call of Duty. I just feel like on like no matter how good or bad Titanfall is, I just feel like it gets washed away. Like, I feel like even if it was awful, like, people wouldn't even remember that it was awful. Cause I just, I, this should I, have been a February or March game. Exactly. Like, the, I, just, uh, I don't know, I this, don't know the why. Sort of, the shooter crowd on consoles sort of pivots towards what's happening and what's big. And people kind of go – people play with their friends, right? So if all of your friends are playing Battlefield 1 at the same time, that's where they are. They're just getting their sea legs with that game. Uh, maybe they'll leave it for Call of Duty, but they're not going to leave it for Titanfall. I don't so even I'm, know if they're going to leave Overwatch for Titanfall, let alone yeah, well, who knows Battlefield about that. and Call of Duty. Like, it just, I, th- it just, I think those are slightly yeah. different crowds there. Well, but, yeah. The other thing it's got going for it is a single player campaign that is a mm-hmm. campaign proper, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is it, this is this is not competing with Battlefield. This is competing with Call of Duty. Like at this point, yeah. like for a while, single character story. Yep. For a while, like EA was being like, yeah, Battlefield's our answer to Call of Duty, but it's a lot different and very and they'd always kind of shoot themselves in the foot with that. Um, Battlefield One pivoted so hard away from Call yeah. of Duty. Like yeah. it is the yeah. diametric opposite yeah. of I appreciate warfare. That. Yeah. Meanwhile, Titanfall is a little bit more kind sure. of recognizably futuristic and yeah. fighting these robot boys but uh yeah i played a bit of it this morning um the single player is like it almost feels kind of old school and it's like it's just it's got character and it's kind of goofy and it's mm-hmm. it's not like super complex like the wall running is really fun uh the shooting feels good uh the platforming is like it's really it's super duper decent That's like weird. it's it should uh, yeah. not be it it's, should not work always surprises me i mean if you look at the long history of first person platforming games Nine out of ten times it fails. I mean, I think yeah. the first one I ever played was Turok 64, oh, yeah. which was just a, a dreadful, absolute mess. Yeah. Like anytime you had to jump on anything in that game was impossible. It's really cool to see them get it right, and I think it's because uh, there's there's a natural weight to uh, sort of the way you deploy your character and in the air in that game, mm-hmm. where it just feels like you're like, I have an idea where I'm going to land. You know, yeah. like, every every movement. Everything you do in Titanfall, and I haven't played Titanfall two yet at all, but in, yep. even in Titanfall one, everything feels perfect deliberate like i think like like everything you were doing like it i land where i thought it was gonna land yeah when i when i run on something i know how that's yeah part of that's physics part of that's control and part of that is level design yep of smart level design of knowing like how to wall run where to wall run giving visual cues like that's what made mirror's edge one awesome it is is, uh, to backtrack real quick it is a little strange to see i mean they are completely different games probably more so than any two first person shooters in history but it is a little weird to see one publisher put out two High-end AAA. A week apart. A week apart. Shooting yeah. games a week apart. I remember there was a year where Ubisoft put out... What did they put out? It was like an Assassin's Creed game within seven days of another big-ish... Splinter Cell or was something. Was it maybe, like... Yeah, or maybe, maybe Far been, Cry It was game. like a Far I mean, they, Cry they and Assassin's Creed They did Far Cry in December. Far Cry 3 and 4 would have been yeah. probably just a couple weeks from yeah. the PC game. Yeah. 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 yeah, it always surprises me to see that, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, uh, all the stuff you said about movement, totally true still. Um What's cool though is seeing it used in a single player like campaign sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the level design is is really interesting because it has to be, it has to function both as kind of straightforward shooter for man on the ground, uh, and then for all the crazy wall running platforming stuff. And then again for when you're in your Titan, which means that the scale has to totally work mm-hmm. on all these senses without feeling like overwhelming and daunting. So let me ask yeah. you something because I absolutely adore single player games. Uh-huh. I, this is the predominantly that is the way I will play this. Does the single player in this game feel like you are running through multiplayer environments? No. Or does it feel no, like no, it no, was no, specifically designed as a single no, player? No, it is game? a single player level design. That makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it such is, good it news. It is not at all like it it wouldn't work 
structure wise. Yeah. Okay. Also, I don't think I've really hit. I think I've I've played like maybe an hour. Basically, also you're gonna love this. Uh, it's got this very Mega Man system to it, where when you fight sort of a boss, like you fight these kind of different like you know robot masters basically, yeah. uh, and you you kick their asses and you get their their loadout, and it's like oh that's cool. Oh, that's it's cool. totally like if this had been attached to the first Titanfall, we that this that game would have been way more of a hit, I think, yeah. because yeah. it does exactly what you know what campaigns did. I don't know five ten years ago where they were like. Let's give you a crash course in all the mechanics and let you play with all the toys so you know what they do and how to use them. But, you know, let's frame it in this way that kind of makes sense. And in yeah. this case, you're like, I don't know, you're like, oh, here's this, here's this evil, this, this mean mercenary guy and he's got a scary robot and you've got to fight his robot. And then after you, you go over to his robot's corpse and you're like, ooh, a fun new gun. And they're like, you know, press start and you can equip it. And you're like, yeah. ooh, that's cool. Yeah. This has um, been a really good year for PlayStation gamers to justify waiting for right <laughs> like yeah right usually it's like yo we get it first and we get it best and it's the best looking and you know we get exclusive dlc blah blah, blah. oh yeah but by, uh, this... by the way i beat tomb raider this weekend and it was awesome yeah, yeah. exactly right I'm so glad i waited exactly too um, i am not glad i waited because i i'm so happy i played that last year yeah. i yeah. wish more of us had it sucks I think that it would have won game they of the fragment year. It's, i mean it can be oh it's game of the year for two years running well, yeah whatever but um, now we have like weird policies with that here because i mean i was talking to people even like jose was like my game of the year of two years in a row is destiny i was like i'm not talking about destiny with you it's in almost, 2016 <laughs> <laughs> almost like game of the year is a completely arbitrary nonsensical thing just like numerical review scores or yeah. years you know. Uh, yeah, years years of crap. Why don't they make the metric, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ben Franklin with yeah. your lamp black oil, Thanks. Royale with cheese. Yeah, yeah. what? Lisa Lampanelli. Um, what? Huh? Um. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, are we talking about Titanfall? Are we, are we done, or do you want to keep? The I think we're good. I, I, I mean, mean we'll the embargo's we'll, up Friday. We'll talk yeah. more next week when we, well, I'm sure we'll have played more. Yeah, Max and I are doing a like a big roundup on all the reviews uh, yeah. so far. On up at noon on Thursday, we're also going to play the first 15 minutes and on our pre-show. So tune in 11:45 on a.m. on Thursday leading into 12 Pacific time what Pacific it, time a.m. 11 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 welcome to clocks prior to you get so mad? yeah uh, a.m. you incredulous I've been watching a lot of Lisa Lampanelli specials <laughs> stop doing that she's awful anyway God, what kind of thing pretzel I want to, I want to say about, uh, about Titanfall is it reminds me in addition to Mega Man of uh, Blaster Master what? Oh God! That's yeah. awesome. So that's that's, that's that old game where you'd be in the, you'd be in a little funny funny roller skate car and you go around and yeah. you could you could make the car jump and hop and shoot. So and no stuff. one will ever beat this game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but basically, uh, you shoot any frogs? The whole thing is you can you can get out and you be this little man to run around and there's no there's no big well there's actually these big avatar cat things you got to fight you get like that part you shoot them right in the face. Good big um, fan. Yeah. Of shooting uh, those cats in the face. Yeah. But basically, I hate like that movie. There's stuff that's super hard to fight when you're on the ground by yourself, but when you're in a, a robot, you're like I don't care. I'll step yeah. on you, you know. And then I, I, com- I made this comparison uh, with, uh, God, what was it called Lost Planet Three? I think, but that game was like yeah. hot garbage. But it was the same idea. Yeah, like we had Max. Suddenly, a game completely changes when you are four times your size and super overpowered. And mm-hmm. I, I love that idea of like yeah. a game within a game. So. Yeah. Um, you you kind of owe our entire audience an apology for evoking Lost Planet Three there. Sorry That's... for bringing up that uh, terrifying Dungeonous Crab Eating Simulator. Do you remember? Lisa Lampanelli. Do you remember when they? <laughs> do you remember what the the PR campaign for that game? By the way, they put gigantic blocks oh, of yeah. ice. That's right. On the street in San Francisco, and they put one around the corner from me on Hate Street when I used to live over there. And they put a copy of the game in a huge block of ice and told nobody and people on Hate Street who are confused at everything because <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> We're walking down the street, and they were like, 
what's that? And then like a couple of people started throwing rocks at it and chipping away at it. But most people just let it sit there and melt out really? to get this big wet copy of Lost Planet 3. <laughs> really? Yeah. I never heard about that. That's oh my nuts. god, it's utterly insane. Man, there was wow. a couple years span and then for, what was it, for Mass Effect 3 that they, they like shot it into the woods and Destin yeah, got Tim put it in a tree. They yeah. dropped them, yeah, they... Yeah, Destin and Tim and Alfredo, yeah. Tim Geddes and Alfredo Diaz went into like the woods. Some, some canyon. <laughs> they had to like climb a tree and... It yeah. was like Destin a lost his arm. What about, what about Homefront when THQ dumped like <laughs> 10,000 red balloons <laughs> yeah. in the sea. They shot a sea lion right in the face. Yeah, they did. They were like, this yep. is an authentic North Korean gun. <laughs> See, it could happen. God, that was unbelievable. And now the Dillinger all, escape plan that seemingly will play. all was all within a year of each other. Yeah. Just, I think the yeah, year of bad decisions. All the, all the Dante's Inferno marketing was around then, too. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, like, it's like cabin fever, but for developers. Like, they ship a game, and they're like, uh, what should we do? Uh, let's just shoot it into space. I don't even think it's that. I think the developers are like, well, we're done. The marketing team is like, all right, let's do this. All right, we're going to send brass knuckles up. to everyone. Oh, do you wait, remember that, remember that time where Beth- Bethesda made a guy in Boston make a house out of trash? <laughs> I mean, he was going to fall out anyway. Yeah, he made it. Like, Can you make your, uh, your squalor fall out, Unbelievable. Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I love that the marketing guys are just these like these snarling cocaine demons who are just locked in a boardroom for yeah. like the four year development cycle, and they're always the guys that have no idea what the game's yeah, about. They're like I've spent the last four years throwing crumpled up paper in the wastebasket. <laughs> I'm basically the Larry Bird of wastebasketball. <laughs> well, and- here's the thing. So there's this new game called Homefront. Let's just get a ton of balloons and just dump them in the sea. And That'll then, teach him. And then there was last summer when a, a man in Krakow made love to a harpy. <laughs> well, the Witcher. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, they glued a, a narwhal to a woman, and yep. they were like, we've caught the real mermaid. Yeah, they sent a man to hell for doom. <laughs> they gave Obama a copy of The Witcher 2, and he's like, oh, that's great, but I have a Wii, thanks. Um, true story. There's a um, Wii family over here. Real quick, I want to touch on this. This sucks. I've said I want to touch on this a million times. I want to touch on all the things, Ooh. but I'm sick, which is bad. Um, Skyrim oh. Special Edition. I have a breaking update for this, A breaking get to first and then. All right. Time for Andrew Colfar. Firmware update. Oh, we got a firmware update today, by the way. It makes things more stable. Okay. And better. That's true. Great job. Wait, what was your update? You can intro the story, and then the number, Destin sent me a new number. Okay. So Skyrim Special Edition, after much ado, the PS4 version is going to be getting mod support. Uh, initially, Bethesda posted on their like mods website the amount of mods that will be available for Xbox One and PS4. And for Xbox One, initially, because of like the amount of like storage cap or whatever, you only have like one gig versus five gigs or whatever. Xbox One had 65 mods available, including some wacky, silly stuff like the kind of stuff you think about when you hear the words Skyrim mods. Meanwhile, uh, the PS4 version has like 10 of them, and they're like signposts. A larger uh, house. Yeah. <laughs> There's now lore on the loading screens, and you can have a beehive, and you're like, ah, okay. And Destin said they just updated the page, and now Xbox One has 68, but PS4 is up to 11. Okay. Uh-oh. Wow. So this will this will improve, and uh, I mean, these are honestly really crappy mods. I think we're going to I mean, a lot really... of the Xbox Ones are really good. And yeah, like, and they're either can... really good, like... Fixes for the games where you can enter towns without there's no load screen yeah, in the towns. Yeah, dwarven railroads. Yeah, or or, or yeah. there's like the Thomas the Tank Engine yeah. weird stuff. Like you can bring other you can bring outside assets into the Xbox One. So like on on Xbox, you're just getting a better experience yeah. with mods. And like we don't know. Like they've been, Bethesda put up that like very somewhat passive aggressive thing that was like about. Uh, I would I would Sony. straight up call that aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Like where they were like, hey, like we can't do this because of Sony. And then I guess they made nice and it's on to Sony platforms yeah. now. 
kind of, but like it does seem like it's not the full experience. Well, it sounds like the data cap is the thing that's screwing this whole situation. Yeah, it's right? partially yeah, the data cap and partially uh, the PS4 is just a more closed platform, and they yeah. don't want these third-party assets on there. Yeah, I mean um, they had a they had a. a what like a Nintendo emulator N64 emulator on the Xbox store at one yeah. point for a yeah, second they, it, it, it's it, it got through certification they ended up pulling it but it was live on the store it's because a lot of stuff can go up on the Windows 10 store and then make its way over yeah. to Xbox and so this meanwhile uh, you can spend seven ninety nine on a like dead skeleton Santa Claus PS4 theme no problem like yeah. Yeah. Max and I did a whole video theme. about all the themes on That's PS4 really yeah. they're totally okay with that like yeah. it's really bootleg weird. ass like Lisa Frank painting so <laughs> you hire somebody who's got like two functioning eyes to yeah. look at them yeah. before they go up exactly like maybe this shouldn't cost money uh what my i favorite... want to meet the guy that's in charge of the theme store on ps4 yeah, right? by the way he's probably the biggest junkie punch him in the face uh <laughs> and so we don't know one of the one of the skyrim mods is literally it is extra map markers on the <clears throat> vampire dlc which is basically all set in this weird like shadow realm that is really hard to navigate mm-hmm. so it's like good news we added map markers it's like that's just, that's just I don't get to see, like, a breast or anything. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Uh, if you want to see a breast, head on over to the PS4 theme store. There's one <laughs> yeah. of them. Tiger Tots. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the number of, one theme right now. Breast of Us. Seventeen ninety nine for Tiger Tots. Uh, my favorite, big uh, tiger my with favorite, even bigger tots. My favorite PS4 theme is one. It's just a large picture of a bikini woman's cans. <laughs> and every time you uh, do anything on your PS4, it plays a machine gun sound effect. <laughs> that's, that was really yeah. bad. Really yeah. bad. Oh, that we was did all of your icons we, replaced with pot leaves. No, I'm not kidding you. We literally did a 15-minute Let's Play of the PS4 theme store. And it's abysmal what's going on over there. <laughs> it's real bad. Anyway, uh, but again, um, I mean, we don't know. Maybe the PS4 version runs better than the Xbox One version. Uh, yeah, we yeah. don't know. But also, this would just kind of suck if this is the second time uh, PlayStation owners have been boned by Skyrim. Well, we should. So this segues into a boned by Skyrim is the name yeah. of my upcoming memoir. It's actually a uh, great theme on the PS4 store. <laughs> yeah. This segues into something I think we're going to talk about during Rapid Fire. But we should also mention briefly that uh, Bethesda is not sending out advanced copies of Skyrim. Yeah. So Why don't we talk about it on? To, on the rapid fire. No, let's just talk about it yeah, right now. No, no, let's, I mean, no we, right we can talk about a rapid fire. I'm just saying really quick to Marty's no, point. So we'll like, segue into that. You want to finish your thing? Well, yeah, I was saying like Marty's right that like right now it seems like PS4 owners are being screwed over, but like we don't have the game yet. So he's right that like maybe it does run better on PS4 overall. We don't yeah, know. That would be that would be that would be a new thing for yep. Skyrim and like on a Sony console. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, if you remember playing Skyrim on a PS3 Ooh, and having to leave so all your swords in one room, I mean, that's, too why, bucks. that's <laughs> why I never finished Skyrim because I got like six hours into that game on PS3 and I was like, well. that. That said, um, Fallout 4 ran better on PS4 than it did on, on Xbox One from my experience personally. So uh, maybe. I had a lot of better. very bad Fallout 4 glitches on PS4. Yeah, that was that was a hot mess. Oh, the dog got anyway. stuck in the staircase. Uh, I mean, I couldn't continue many times in Fallout 4. Paul Yates asked, in light of Bethesda's recent announcement about reviews, are game reviews still relevant? So let's get into that announcement real quick. Uh, Gary Steinman from the Bethesda blog mm-hmm. just put up, formerly Ubisoft, friend of the show, put up a post on uh, Bethesda's blog today. Basically saying that uh, just like Doom, reviewers are not getting early copies. They will get that game a day before. That includes YouTubers, media in general, basically. Uh, They said earlier this year we released Doom. We sent review copies to arrive the day before launch, which led to speculation about the quality of the game. Since then, Doom has emerged as a critical and commercial hit and is now one of the highest rated shooters of the past few years. Suck it. I added that. With the upcoming launches of Skyrim Special Edition and Dishonored 2, we will continue our policy of sending media review copies one day before release. While we will continue to work with media, streamers, and YouTubers to support their coverage, both before and after release, we want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our games at the same time. We also understand that some of you may want to read reviews before you make your decision, and if that's the case, we encourage you to wait for your favorite reviewers to share their thoughts. I mean, 
So what do you guys think? Don't pre-order games. Honestly, like, I mean, like, and it sucks because I'm a big nerd for collectibles and, like, I like to pre-order stuff to get, number one, in case they're, like, limited editions very rarely are limited, but they are sometimes, so if you don't pre-order it, you're kind of screwed on launch day. Well, that's, and that's then, the, been the big problem with the hook of pre-order these days is yeah. you can't just tell people don't pre-order games because if you're a diehard fan of a franchise, you're missing out on stuff. You're missing out on right. early access, <coughs> on missing bonuses. out on DLC, bonuses. Well, that's, can, you know. that's what, I mean, that's my thing is, like, if you want that special edition, if you want those bonuses, then, yeah, you kind of have to roll the dice, but if you're buying a $60 normal retail version of a game just wait yeah because like, at this point like you don't even have to go to a store anymore like you can read the review and if it's good just set it to download in your ps4 and sure. you're done mm-hmm. yeah but you like I, I your desk this move to me like it, it makes it harder on us because it, it does like i mean not to whine it's fine like it, it will get over it but it just it does make it sort of a race to start reviewing it the second it comes in well, which makes it hard to be yeah. objective and play it the way fans will but then it also sucks for everybody out there it sucks for you guys because like you don't know like there are games that look like they're going to be really good and then we play them and they suck and they yeah, get I think when, when this becomes an issue for us it's less the issue of like well we don't get to play games early as the liberal media or whatever the <laughs> hell but it's more like it's excellent reader service to have a review of a product up on day one uh, that becomes harder and harder to do obviously with online servers with multiplayer that's why so many of our big fall reviews are reviews in progress but even, even then you can sort of see what the, th- uh, the thermometer is on this kind of stuff you're and like you well play this is getting a good review you play it differently like yeah. I mean if we get it two days early and we have to play 30 hours in you know two sittings that will eventually impact the way you think about a game as opposed to having a week or two weeks to play a gigantic open world game and actually play it the way other people i think for you know the average person who has 60 dollars to 120 dollars a quarter to spend on this hobby uh, you want to make sure that money goes in the right direction. And yep. I've been burned plenty of times by stuff where I'm just like, oh, the hype is through the roof on this. Even working in the media, like yep. I, I'll pre-order something. I'll put $60 down on something. Even just talking to people at the office mm-hmm. like uh, before even realizing that it's not for me. And sometimes you just – you need to read about stuff. You need to see videos on it. Like the order. You want to see – like yeah. another thing we do, we do like graphic comparison videos. It's more than just the review. Yeah. Like it's it's our wiki guide. It gets, gets That's a big one. I was yeah, just thinking no. about like if we hadn't had Fallout early – like Fallout's one of those things where you know you want you want information to supplement it with. Yeah, like you, yep. and we had people like Jared Petty like just picking away at it and like really just getting in. And you could also you know shell out twenty bucks for the Prima Strategy Guide, like it's nineteen ninety eight yeah. again or whatever. But, <laughs> well, it's also uh, like I mean I just I just completed Arkham VR, which I adored, and it's a twenty dollar game. I finished it in an hour and fifteen minutes. I really liked it. After I beat it, it gave me the option to go back and collect Riddler trophies, which are – they range between like fun little challenges to some of the most obtuse nonsense I've ever seen in my entire life where you literally have to duck underneath like your own body on the floor to peek around corners to find how that man how that man get a trophy in your body i have <laughs> no, no idea <laughs> i have no idea but like it's just like underneath the platform you're standing on that you can't see with the conventional means and day uh, one i a trophy in my ass again <laughs> another trophy in my ass Martha, uh, get that out of there and on day one our wiki team had a guide up for that game and i was playing it and i was like this is really cool like i beat this game in an hour and a half i immediately went went back in for trophies and we had stuff there. Man, I just thought game. VR guides and VR is going to suck because you're going to be like, I got to take my hat off and now I got to read the guide and now I got to put my hat back on. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> I'm already doing it. Yeah. It sucks. Honestly, and I'll, I'll get into this, but real quick, like PSVR is really cool because it has that button in the front mm-hmm. where you just click and yeah. pull your visor out. You can look down at your phone 
and then slide it back in without having to like take it off, that's take it on. That's a really, really like, smart bit of engineering. Yeah, yeah, just a little heads up if that's what you're – if you're playing VR games and you're looking at a guide. Another thing you can do is pull up the guide in uh, your web browser. That's pretty cool. So you can hit the home button and just yeah. have everything without just taking the helmet off. Yeah. inside yeah, your smart. own head. Or you can hire an intern to scream at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, get, a, get a human person to just yell, <laughs> yell at you. Hire one of those, uh, one of those children from uh, whatever they, where they live. And get Where's them Edward's some, trophy? Give them some yeah. golden pieces to read you the, the wiki. Um, yeah. yeah, so I honestly – I think this is where this is going all in all. I think yeah, that's no, I, totally. No, I just, like I, I think mean, it's, let's, it's, let's be realistic here. Like games media is 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 dying out in its mm-hmm. conventional form. Like oh, yeah. the stuff that we do, the entire review score, that whole system is entirely rooted in those magazines we used to read at the supermarket. You know, mm-hmm. like it was. It's all kind of framed around stuff like Nintendo Power and Game well, Pro I mean, and EGM. I, and I like, think even with the new movement, the new movement of media, which is Twitch streaming and YouTubers, I think this impacts them in tremendously as well. Because there's a lot of people that watch somebody like Angry Joe and they want to see his like first take on something, or like a launch day live stream, or even like leading up to the day before. But that's what's weird. Those people have that. Like YouTubers have Skyrim remastered right now, and they're making those videos. Some like, of them what, do. The I don't. There's always seems, a guy that gets it somehow early. I, I, the issue. It's not you. YouTubers, it's like one, like one or two people. Where Bethesda's drawing the line is review copies. Yeah. They're not sending out copies for review. And so like it seems like they're letting people give impressions and previews and whatever, but I, I think ultimately like the critical voice is what matters, and that's where I think this is kind of an anti consumer move because like if you want to know, like I, I think you put it perfectly earlier, uh-huh. like like we get games for free. We're spoiled. It doesn't like for us, I, I think like it's less of an issue, but like for people who are like they can only buy one or two games a year. This sucks because yeah. they might end up spending sixty dollars in a game that they shouldn't have. And yeah, I mean, Max and I don't even review games, so for me, it's like it's sort of like, yeah, do we even have a dog yeah. in this fight? But yeah, yeah we do. Not, I mean, and it's not just Bethesda though. Like it happened two weeks ago with, with me Mafia, and yeah. Mafia, two yeah. K. Yeah, and I think what people associate with, which the, this blog begins with, is a sort of that Doom scenario where there was that dread of impending doom no pun intended where people were like this is going to be a game because of the way movies are handled and it was always like if you can't see a movie early that means that movie was sent off to die and blah 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 yeah. uh so well, i don't know this is where all this yeah, is but heading the world, flip so, side of it is, yeah. is yeah but like, the multi like people the campaign did people didn't really like the multiplayer very much multiplayer? yeah well like, yeah flip, but like that side, that's well, a major part of the game for some yeah. people you don't care a lot of people only yeah. care yeah mm-hmm. i mean flip side of it though like you get youtubers and twitch streamers who are getting their hands on this early uh, there's no trans. I mean, like, actually, it's about ethics in YouTube and Twitch streaming. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but like, that's the thing is, is people who get something early are going to sign an embargo. But unlike a review embargo, where it's like maybe it says don't mention X Y Z, they're never going to be like if you're reviewing this on a score based thing, don't talk about the following plot points. Like they'll occasionally be like, don't go into detail about these mm-hmm. things for the sake of not spoiling it. Uh, they're never going to be like, please don't address the fact that level three is entirely broken and will crash your system and set it on fire when you right. get to it. Yeah. Like, there's never a stipulation with that. However, if people are Twitch streaming it or YouTubing it or whatever, uh, and they've got an embargo being like, hey, you can show this, but don't be critical about the following things. There is no, like, precedent there. Like, no one's really dealt with that. And we had that whole big kerfuffle with uh, Shadow of Mordor and people being paid off for with it. The and disclosure, not, yeah. And not disclosing that they were sponsored. Uh, so this is, almost feels like a kind of, like, slightly softer version of that where and I don't like I it wouldn't surprise me if in the next few months we saw on Kotaku or Gamma Sutra or something like a piece of paper that was like hey here's what people get you know along with an early copy of the game you know under the you know stipulation that they're going to not be critical of it no it's I mean also if we're going to go yeah because there are people who work at Target posting pictures in the back room of Xbox copies of Skyrim that they have physically in their hands yeah. so it's yeah. like it is a purposeful we are holding this back strategically it's not like hey these are coming in hot so we're not gonna you're right you're right this is this is 
this is to remove the idea of putting a numerical value on on yeah. a piece of product, which I think, like I said before, and will continue to echo until I die, is excellent reader service for anybody looking to spend their money wisely. Yep. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Uh, um, we, you've, been playing, you've been playing a lot of VR. Yeah, so I went in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which you can do is groups.com slash podcast beyond, and I asked them, what should we... Groups.com? Sh- <laughs> podcast.com, <laughs> facebook.com slash twitter. Is, dot, that's, groups.com? No, <laughs> well, oh, what is groups.com? Wait, wait, was, don't go there. Don't was, do it. Andrew, what was the thing What's we saw? What's groups.com? Moving oh, hunks? Yeah. yeah, but it was, it was college, college hunk moving, and then the URL was just collegehunks.com. College <laughs> there was a truck outside. <laughs> What's groups.com? Oh, there's like a weird. What the hell? It's nothing good. Oh, it's a YouTube a w- video about groups showing G is a group part one. Oh, it's multiple people. Anyway, we love at the same okay. time. I went so. in Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond and I said, hey, I play a ton of VR games these days. Uh, I put like 40 hours into my PSVR already. And uh, I want to start a new thing where every single week I just go through some quick impressions of stuff I'm playing. What should I call it? And we got a suggestion from Beyond Fan Tiger Bauer, which I really just want to name this segment because it's better than anything else. <laughs> he said we should call it. What VR play? <laughs> and I love that so much. So we're sticking with it. Uh, number one, Bound. It goes for 20 bucks. Marty, you played this. You reviewed it for IGN, yeah, right? Yeah, I liked it a lot. You liked it a lot. Uh, can you tell people what Bound is? Like, it's quick a, heads up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, by Plastic, who are the developers of Datura and, mm-hmm. and Linger and Shadows, which are these weird sort of PS3 experiences. Yep. Uh, but this is a, it's a th- like three, four-hour 3D character platformer where you play this ballerina in this very abstract world yeah. going through a series of... It's less about the challenge and more about experiencing this world and these things that are after you. Uh, there's a little bit of combat, a little bit of exploration, but it's mostly about... Uh, an amazing sense of movement and sort of taking in the emotion of the world. Yeah, and what I really like about it is that it continually flashes to the story of this family where things are sort of going awry and you realize that the ballerina is escapism. And if you're listening to this being like, I'm not playing a game about a dumb ballerina, think about the player movement and control and fluidity mm-hmm. and animation that you would find in somebody like that. It's one of the think best about controlling characters that. I've Absolutely. ever moved in a game. Like, no. just idly sort of spinning around and moving is incredibly fun. Um, and now in VR, which the VR mode they added for free... Uh, is really, really, really cool because the sense of sort of depth that you have in the world is awesome. The entire background of this universe feels like a sort of like Winamp visualizer. Yes. It's really cool. The only thing that I found kind of cumbersome is the locked camera, which you can switch. It's almost kind of like the original Resident Evil where you'd walk into an area and be like, oh, the camera's here, except you had a little more dynamic control. Yeah. So don't think like, you know, Super Mario 64, Ratchet and Clank sort of camera controls, but uh, it really, really works. I yeah, really it works like it. as a 3D character platformer in... VR. Yeah, I think the camera works a little. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to see because I just from watching you play it, like I haven't played Bound at all, but like visually, just standing behind someone, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I can't even imagine being immersed in that world. Yeah. Like that it sounds really, cool. yeah. really works. Cool. Especially the VR things, just a free update. So if you already totally. have the game, it's free. Especially That's the um, the flashbacks to what the family's going through because you're oh, sort, of sort of like th- a fly on the wall in a yes. gigantic kitchen, yeah. watching some wow. horrific stuff happening. Uh, I played Pixel Gear, which is a first person arcade style shooting game. It feels kind of like. Area 51 without any of the uh, kind of impending doom of plastic monsters eating you. Um, it's Minecraft style, style art. I can't really recommend this one. It's nine bucks. It's like the kind of thing that you would probably throw a few quarters in an arcade, but otherwise it's 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 kind of passable. If you're looking for like Brian, an, nine dollars is nine whole Sacagawea dollars. That's true. You could do a lot with that. Is you that could, lady still on money? Yeah. Okay. You could put under him in a sock and hit yourself 20. in the head with it. 
Sakajoe? Uh, so it's all right. I mean, if you if if you see it on, I, I have a feeling this is gonna be one of those games you'll get for free on PlayStation Plus in a couple months. Yeah. So look out for it then. Uh, and number three, Tethered, which just launched today. It's thirty two ninety nine or thirty bucks if you have PlayStation Plus. Uh, this is one of my favorite PSVR games so far. Uh, you basically play a giant in the clouds. It's a god game. We're overlooking this sort of floating rock flotilla where uh, these little gremlins are hatching from eggs from, from the sky and they start building little cities around you and you have to basically assign them so you're micromanaging different things uh to help them build this world one of the reasons i really like it is because you actually tether them to jobs by selecting them and then looking at what you want them to do and then they'll walk towards it so it oh, uses wow. head tracking which is really smart uh the deeper i got into this game the more dark and morose i found it to be <laughs> uh which i actually really love you build a bar eventually so that the gremlins can Marty, go get drunk you love bars <laughs> me the gremlins walk around and they go like they, eventually after working really hard they're like I really need a beer and a beer icon pops above their head and they go to the bar and they, they relax and then they come out and they're happy again and eventually they want more beer and there was a, like three characters <laughs> I was playing last night I couldn't find anything to do with them so I just kept putting them in the bar and then they'd stand outside of the bar and after like 10 minutes they'd be like I want another beer and I kept putting them back in the Marty, bar Marty it's me you and Sean <laughs> yeah exactly uh, one interesting thing I found out is if you don't assign a gremlin anything to do he begins to get sad and if he stays sad for too long he starts walking towards Towards the edge of the world, which I thought was an idle animation, but it turns out they commit suicide. <laughs> oh so if you don't God. give these gremlins things to do, they kill themselves. So literally, it's, sort of, it's almost like a Lemming slash Pikmin slash kind like, of yeah. Black it's and white. it's sort yeah. of a, a slower Pikmin esque. There is uh, some combat. Uh, these slugs kind of come up from the side of the world that you have to fight. It's really really gorgeous. It does that really great third person PSVR thing, which I'm falling more and more in love with. Where it feels like you're just a giant sitting in this room on this world with these characters so uh i really like it that that's what vr playing <laughs> thank oh, you tiger oh, bauer oh, oh. Uh, we'll be back next week with more vr impressions yeah, and more awesome. dracula impressions i'm super curious to hear as stuff comes up because I, yeah. I do think like i really hope playstation plus eventually starts folding in some of these vr experiences because i think a lot of people don't want to pay five dollars here five dollars there like i, I think Hopefully, it'll kind of bring in more exposure. I totally agree. I, I realize there's something like 25 or 26 PSVR games on the store right now, and four new ones launched today. Uh, Crytek's putting out Robinson the Journey oh, yeah. within a matter of weeks, yeah, right. which is going to benefit from PlayStation Pro. Uh, so we'll see how all that shakes out. So mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, there's that Eagle game that Ubisoft's making. Scrawl! Eagle Flight, yeah. Yeah, Scrawl, actually really fun. I, that, I had more fun with that. Mm-hmm. Did you play that? Uh, at a, at like E3. I really yeah, I really yeah. want to try that and just fly up the uh, Eiffel Tower. I'm really yep. excited about that uh, that one game. Look at your feet. They're damn huge. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Look at your feet. Clown shoe simulator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and now it's time for rapid fire. Really really quick what do you got? breaking news. Andrew Goldfarb. It's not that Sean Levy will direct the Uncharted movie. Um, so there is movement. That's the first like Sean official... Knight at the Museum trilogy. Yes. Levy. Uh, but uh, more uh, more recently than that, he did direct a bunch of episodes of Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, that's uh, good. Uh, that's which cool. were actually right, really that's good. Cool. Yeah. Also, the internship and date night. Yeah. All right. I mean that it, it is crazy that that him being attached suggests a lot about the tone of this movie to me. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it is more Do you of like, like that. Luke Wilson? Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe it is more of that, like, caper Stranger style. Things had tons of, like, very dramatic set pieces and cliffhanging moments where the yeah. children were literally yeah. climbing giant crumbling walls. So yeah. this will be I great. I hope uh, Barb plays uh, <laughs> Nate. I look forward to All reporting right. six months from now when he leaves this film. <laughs> I mean, the exciting... And Seth Rogen is reattached, yeah. only to get too high to make it. <laughs> the exciting thing will be casting. I feel like until we know who is playing Nathan Drake, and then, obviously... Is this Elena and Sully? Is Nathan Drake movie? will be played by all of the Stranger Things kids. 
tethered together <laughs> with, a trench with one trench coat over them. <laughs> uh, is this movie like the equivalent of when people like are unemployed and they're like, oh, I'm consulting, I'm doing some contract yes. work. Yeah. And it's like, I yeah, mean, I'm attached to the Uncharted movie. This mm-hmm. is the fourth officially announced director for this project, which is yeah, crazy. David O. Russell was one of them. David O. Russell, Neil Berger. Right. Um, ah, delicious. Seth Gordon. Okay. Anyway, it's time for Rapid Fire. Yep. Groups.com. <laughs> the number one website for groups. Now go on the Facebook group, Podcast Beyond, on Facebook, uh, just like Vasily Sonkin did. And he said, has a game ever ruined or almost ruined your life? No. Really? It's a video game. I mean, yeah, I've never had that like World of Warcraft thing where I like abandon friends and just play 600 hours of an MMO or anything. You never, like, almost uh, dropped out of a class because you were playing too much of a video game? Oh, wait, or? no, no. I probably actually uh, did ruin my life. Well, I, I, I think, look at... I have a wonderful life. It's yeah. a good time, but, like, I almost. definitely... Almost. I definitely... Keyword. <laughs> I definitely did not really do very great in my uh, high school math class because I sat in the back corner and just competed playing Tetris on the Game Boy. That's yeah. Like a lot yeah. of drug wars. My, my senior year of college, I skipped a lot of classes to play Modern Warfare. I did this. Yeah. I did the same thing in college, but with Goldeneye. Yeah. Just skipped yeah. a ton... Of, of, uh, I was just like, oh, it's fine. I guess I was, I was a junior uh, year, actually. So I, was, uh, I was playing uh, Phantom Pain. I think it was probably last year or this year. I'm still playing that game. Who cares? That game never ends. Uh, but, yeah, like, I was fighting the Skulls the first time where they're just all, like, running around that stupid air base and they're just being real real dicks. And, like, I'm fighting them and I'm just like, I don't know how to fight them. Apparently you use shotguns. Apparently that's the way you do it. But I'm just, like, freaking out because they're scary. And I'm fighting all four of them. They're running around their rollerblades. I hate those guys. It's a really bad fight. I don't yeah. like that boss fight at all because they're all made of farts and clouds and stuff. And Jen's sitting next to me and she's, like, I'm, like, swearing at the TV and I'm just really into it. And she's like, hey, uh, there's, like, a man outside our house in the in the sidewalk. And he's just, like, pacing around. And I'm like yeah, it's probably fine. These bad cyborg boys. <laughs> and I'm like fighting them. And she's like, can you like do we're, something we're cur- about it? There's currently a home invasion. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, it's probably fine. He's just standing there. It's a sidewalk. What do you want? And she got so mad at me because she's like, there's an actual enemy outside. But you're obsessed with these enemies in your game. Mm-hmm. And you're just running around and hiding. And, then, and I'm like, it's Metal Gear. You're supposed to run around and hide. Look yeah. at this big stupid fight. And the man walked away. It was fine. And I eventually beat the skull. So everything worked out. And my life was not ruined. Yeah. Yeah. No one yeah, broke yeah. into my home and killed me. And my wife did not make the me joint. leave. So. Thank yeah. God. Uh, I played through uh, a bunch of games with my ex. One of them was Catherine, and I what ended up. Do you mean your ex or your the game? The ex, <laughs> my ex Catherine. Uh, but no, I very much leaned towards uh, blonde Catherine, and she very much wanted me to lean towards brunette Catherine. So we got in a little fight there. A little Betty and Veronica. A little moment. Betty and Veronica yeah. moment. Yeah, and I then, really wish they were making. And right. then we also played uh, Super Mario 3D World, <laughs> the entirety of it as Peach. We really grew to like Peach, and then when I unlocked Rosalina, I immediately switched to Rosalina, and she saw that as infidelity and called her the c-word. Yep, she called the prince the space That's princess the time Rosalina. Video the games c-word. almost ruined your life. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, my fiance is a she's an obsessive obsessive little gremlin of a of a person. Uh, I love her, but she will just. I I got her when I went to Japan with Mitch. I got her Persona 4 before I left, and I was like, this will keep you busy. And she's like, we'll see about that. And I got home, and I was like, honey, I'm back from Japan. I've been gone for 10 days. And she's like, hold on. Uh, I've got a waifu. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, she, when I got my review copy of Skyrim way back when that first came out, and I was playing it. Remember for, when we got review copies work. of Skyrim? Those were the days. <laughs> before the game. And I was like, I was like this, is a, this is a pretty cool game. You might like it. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like Zelda, but you can get real weird and creative with it. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, Yes, I like this game, and she would like. I'd have to kick her off, and I'm like, dude, I'm playing for work, and she's like, no, no, I'm playing, and I'm like, you're in dental school, you have to pass the test to become a dentist soon. She had to 
postpone her dental school boards because she was too addicted to Skyrim to study for them. Oh she had to push God. them back by six months. Wow. Dental school boards are like the bar. Like that's like that's like law school test. Like that's your that is your big final last boss of dental school. And she's like. I'm a lizard, but also a wizard. I've got amulets. Time to go build a castle. And I'm like, don't play this game anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's getting remastered, and I need a second PS4. (laughs) Otherwise, my life will be ruined. Skyrim, welcome back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I tweeted about this yesterday, but I I got in my first fight while wearing a VR helmet last night. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, I didn't take it off the entire time, and it ended with both of us laughing because, like, my wife got really mad at me because we had plans for one thing, and she was like, I actually made another plan with my friend for that night, and I can't. And I was like, we're supposed to do this, and we're supposed to do that. And I just turned to her, and I had a PSVR on the entire time. I was just like, honey, like, you have to commit to this. If you said you are going to do this, you can't not do this. And, you know, you you changed the last minute. We're only doing this because we were supposed to do another thing. And now, and she was like, well, you know, I said that I would see my friend that night, and you're mad at me because she wanted to get dinner with me. And I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not standing for this anymore. We have to commit to the plans. And she was like, I can't take you seriously with that stupid thing on your head. And I started laughing and she started laughing and she was like, you didn't take it off the entire time. And I was like, I'm committing to this. I'm a New Jersey stubborn idiot Italian male and I'm going to wear a stupid VR hat the entire time while we argue. And that's the end of that. Stone Cold wow. said so. Johnny Morano. <laughs> yeah, coming to CBS this fall. Uh, Alex Patton says, why do you think that gamers have such a hard time seeing how two competing franchises doing well is good for both of them? Because gaming is an inherently competitive medium. Example, people endlessly fighting over Rise of the Tomb Raider versus Uncharted 4. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. I think part of it is that people will do everything they can to justify how they made the right decision when they bought a console three years ago. Well, and it's also like last gen, possibly more than ever, really encouraged you to back one horse. Yeah. Like it was like, hey, on on our system, you get this, this, and this, but on the other one, and like there's always been first party exclusives, but I feel like it got a little dirtier with third parties. Yeah. Uh, I feel like now it's a calmed down a little bit. Yeah, most games are homogenized. Yeah. yeah. Also, people do everything they can to convince themselves that they shouldn't spend $60 on something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the answer to that. Uh, we got a couple more, but uh, we're actually going to do a very special oh, thing right now. I was going to say, Howard Zander... Do you want to answer this one? This is a good one. I have a good one-word answer for it. Howard Zander Shelfer says, do you think Sony will do anything else portable to give the Nintendo Switch any competition? No. No. I think they'll no. do... I think they'll make iOS games. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they I, already announced it there. Yeah. And, like, it's also that thing where, like, they have that ecosystem in place. Like, honestly, like, they... Right now, it, it didn't catch on, but if you want to, there are a billion cross-buy, cross-play games Stop hold it. on we, we haven't said read. anything yet come on max read. you're so bad at this read who, who gave who gave it to us it under we it's got, on the fr- no just, it's not sh- it's not well hold, what's happening hold on what's Sorry. happening we got presents in the mail <laughs> you can if you want to send us presents that we will unbox on air you can send it to 625 second street fourth floor care of beyond any of our names san francisco california it's a little mailroom gremlin over here <laughs> there's yeah, a well, box in there i'm I was going to talk about we we got a present. Five this is, pounds. This is from Jeremy McTire, who sent us five pounds of gummy bears because what, hold on, he wants us. What kind? Haribo. Are they the the? They're not the di- the light ones, right? Oh, Do you know about these? Yeah, they make you poop your. They okay. There's a certain type of Haribo gold bears that gives you just insufferably hardcore diarrhea. No, I think this is regular core diarrhea. You seem regular. Yeah. You're just going to wait. I've seen a lot of cop movies. I know how they do this. <laughs> I think it's just no, that's be- good. That's pure. Be regular. Jesus. <laughs> that right. is a loud Wait, big bag of gummies. Oh, yeah. man. You, you really, want to open the other one? I thought it was going to be marbles. You cut a hole in it. Now I really smell those gummies. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's a real sugary smell. All right. So I'm going to eat another... those gummies, so it's going to be very exciting. Thank you for Jeremy. 
Is that his phone number? Yeah. We don't we need can, his phone number. You don't have to give us your phone him. number. All right. Uh, oh, boy. Nicole Holt sent us a, a lovely huge package. Hi, Nicole. Uh, Hi, Nicole. Hi, Nikin. Um, so this is a lot of words here, and it's in cursive, which I haven't learned yet. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I saw that pizza cutter. I knew you had to have it. Uh-oh. Um, oh, my God. Marty and Andrew, feel free to mix and match your policemen. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> I tried to s- set which ones you would like. What? Okay, a so... A lot of the hat was kick-ass, and so are you. It felt right. There's a hat Aww, for us. Oh, that's oh, great. I like that a lot. Yeah. Nicole, thank you so much. I can barely read most of these words. Uh, you have lovely handwriting, but N- I'm a simpleton. Nicole got me a... Oh, the Pokemon's are hiding in the little... The little Nicole got me a book. Star Wars lightsaber talking Aww. pizza cutter. What? <gasps> Pokemon. That's a weird thing. That's a weird to call that talking. Oh, my God. There are a bunch of Pokemon. This is a nice Star Wars blanket. This is awesome. Is this Ma- a mouth guard? Max is feeling sick, and so we can put a Star Wars blanket Wait, why in. is there a mouth guard in here? Just in case you, get, you fight. Yeah, why is there a mouth guard in there? Wait. Anyway, this is awesome. I can't wait to cut pizza with a lightsaber. I'm super happy about this, so thank you so this much. It's a weird show. Oh, this Pikachu is very cute. <laughs> I'm honestly Did you get a box of Pokemans? Yeah. That's is this great. seriously a mouth guard in here for, like, grinding your teeth at night? Yeah, don't get into fights. All right. Nicole, thank you for the... <laughs> also, because this is I'm awesome. A, an anxious man should give me a, a, a plush blanket with a stormtrooper on it. Yeah. Good. Now you don't have to use the one with the animal face on it anymore. Yeah, I don't, don't have that anymore. I lost it. We'll use this coin purse. And we'll put various trinkets on here on Did my... You, you got a coin purse? No, there no yeah. we were. Marty and I are going to split these Pokemon. Guys, okay. thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to follow us all on Twitter, I'm Max Scoville. Marty is McBiggity with two G's and two T's. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Andrew is Garfep, and uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a weird show. It's like a little bit of Christmas every week. We get little toy Pokemon. We're a, sort of adult men, and some of us are bad at it. We also uh, might get tons and tons of diarrhea, so we'll let you well, know next week on Diarrhea Watch 2016. There's always a chance of that. <laughs> there's always a chance of more diarrhea There's than always a chancy. No one expects diarrhea. There's not a chancy in here. <laughs> unless you plan for it. What did you Did you already break it? No, the thing comes out, so you, you can clean fool? it, you dolt. Okay, I'm the dolt. You <laughs> broke a pizza cutter on this show. Anyway. It's not head, broken, see? Head over. Great job. Head o- Stop doing that. Head over. You don't like Star Wars? Head over to, <laughs> shut up. Head over to Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond and, uh, and go, uh, go say hello to everyone. And remember. May the classic Wars. Star Wars. You. Trigger treat. My favorite Darth Vader quote. <laughs> uh, and tune in next week like, for a very special guest. Lisa Lampanelli will be on the show. That's not true. Oh! No, that's not true. Eliza Lampoons. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.